0: Can you imagine Christmas without Christ? As God's children, we must realize that without Jesus, there's no redemption, no salvation, no hope for eternal life in the Father's presence, and no Christmas. Join us today as Pastor Rander teaches how God, in his wisdom, sent Jesus to dwell among us and save us in this message, Emmanuel. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin.
1: Have your Bibles. Once again, turn to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, first book of the New Testament, chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, this is the third and final message in this series that I've been preaching in recent weeks. And and the word of the Lord reads, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And from that passage, we want to preach again, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. And we'll just take up just a slight review, and you're not going to see everything that I said last time in your notes, because I'm going to give you some highlights of just a few of the points, but not all of the points, for the sake of new insights that we shall Commenced to do this morning. But one of the things we said last time, we posed a question by saying, how did God become man? And we said God became man through the virgin birth last week, citing the reference Matthew chapter 1, verse 16, which says, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. From Matthew chapter 1, uh, Verses 2 through 15 in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you see one person begetting another person, begetting another person, begetting another person until you get to verse 16 of chapter 1 in Matthew. Then the begetting comes to a screeching halt. Matthew is making a clear distinction that Joseph, Joseph is not the father of Jesus. He is the husband of Mary. But Jesus is not Joseph's biological offspring, which validates the virgin birth. And then we pose the question to you why is the doctrine of the virgin birth or the incarnation so important? And the first reason we gave last time, and it's not going to be in sequential order as it was, I'm going to be, these are highlights, uh, the, one of the reasons I gave last time was to, we ought to take great interest and we ought to value and prize the virgin birth because the virgin birth is, is a real experience to reveal God to us. Jesus is God, has always existed in eternity past as God, and has an endless existence, This same Jesus became man in the miracle of the virgin birth that God would reveal himself to us in a very personal and special way. The scripture says in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word. In the Greek, the word is logos, and the word, Logos, was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word, Logos, Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Actually, God pitched his tent among us in flesh and blood to die for the sins of lost humanity. Um, that, that, that is some kind of love that God will send his one and only Son. Number two, uh another point we said is that if there were if there were no incarnation, incarnation means in flesh, there would be no gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Our Lord was born to die and was raised in resurrection power. For it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 21, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. That's death. Verse 21, for since by man came death, by man, Lord Jesus Christ, also the resurrection from the dead. So, if there were no virgin birth, there would be no gospel, and if there's no gospel, there would be no salvation, and if there's no salvation, then we would all be eternally damned and lost. Number three, the virgin birth is so important because Mary is the only, only, only woman in human history whose seed within her did not come from a man, but by the Holy Spirit that is of profound significance and scriptures to validate this is found in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 uh, a portion of that verse says she Mary was found with child of the holy spirit the latter part of verse 18 and then Matthew 120 uh it says that which was which has been conceived in her is of the holy spirit in other words, it was not the seed of man in Mary's womb, it was the seed of God. And then Luke uh, chapter one, verses 32 to 35, it says, "He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end." Then Mary said to the angel, "How can this be?" In other words, I haven't been having sex with a man, I'm a virgin. I do not know a man. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Number four. If Jesus were not born of a virgin, if he were not born of a virgin, he would have inherited a sin nature through Adam and thus been disqualified from being savior of the world. If Jesus were not born of a virgin, he would have inherited a sin nature. And uh, then he would have been disqualified from being the savior of the world. Here's a scripture I want you to add in. It is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sin. All have sin. You say, you have a sin nature? Yes. Yes. You can be educated. You're an educated person with a sin nature. If you're stupid, you're a stupid person with a sin nature. If you're poor, you're a poor person with a sin nature. Huh? If you're rich, you're a rich person with a sin nature. If you're black, white, Hispanics, me, don't know what you are. You, whatever you are with a sin nature. You say, where did it come from? It came from your mama and your daddy. Where did this come from? Their mama and their daddy. And where did this go? Their mama and their daddy. Their mama and their daddy. Their mama and their daddy. All the way back to whom? Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, all humanity fell because they were humanity, two people making up the human race. So when they fell, the human race fell, and we inherited our sin nature from our uh, parents, Adam and Eve. You see, but Jesus, thanks be to God, Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It was only through the supernatural conception of Christ that he could be born of a virgin. In other words, the human nature of Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary by the power of the Holy Ghost without the seed of man. The Holy Ghost preserved the holiness of God and kept our Lord free of contamination by sin from the miraculous conception through the birth of Jesus Christ throughout his entire life.
0: Could God have provided us with salvation from heaven without sending Jesus into the world? Well, maybe so. But how Comforting is it to know that Jesus dwelt among us, completely understands us, and lived to die and rise again so that we can live with him for all of eternity. Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to explain the miracle of Jesus' life in this earthly plane in this message, Emmanuel. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready as we begin.
1: Number five, if one does not believe in the virgin birth, he cannot be saved. That's how important the virgin birth, that's how important the incarnation is. If you do not believe in the validity of the virgin birth, you cannot be saved. Jesus is God wrapped in human flesh. He was not some floating spirit. He was not some kind of whatever. He was God. He was God wrapped in flesh. He was and is fully God. And he is fully man. Second John 7 says... For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. This person is against Christ. You must believe that Jesus took on a real body because had he not taken on a real body, he could not have died a real death. Number six, without the incarnation, say incarnation. incarnation, we would have no savior. Since Jesus is God and cannot die in heaven, eternity past, he had to be born of a woman to receive his humanity. He had to be fully God and fully man to accomplish the redemptive work of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Hebrews 2.14 says, Inasmuch then as, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's us, he himself likewise shared in the same. The same what? Flesh and blood. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Number seven, Jesus was born of a virgin to destroy the works of the devil. Abraham couldn't whip Satan. Isaac couldn't whip him. Jacob couldn't whip him. The prophets couldn't whip him. But Jesus came and whipped that devil in this world in his own territory. Crushed him on the cross. And, and, and damned him to eternal damnation when he rose from the dead. I'm so glad he rose from the dead. I'm so glad God took care of that devil. You got some devil worshipers. Ooh, hell is going to get them. Devil worshipers? Huh. You better change your allegiance and worship God. We don't worship people. People let you down. We don't worship things. You don't worship the dollar. You don't worship folk. Folk let you down. But I know a God who won't let you down. You better worship God. Number eight, uh, because of the virgin birth, we have a sympathetic high priest. Jesus came to identify with our pain. He came to identify with our sufferings, our rejection. You ever been physically or verbally abused? You have experienced injustice? Have you ever had satanic attacks to come against you? Have you been poor or maybe you're poor and don't have a dime in your pocket right now? Have you had someone you really love? Maybe it's a child or maybe it's a husband, a father, or some person you dearly love, a friend, to abandon you? You can't say, God, you don't understand. You haven't been here because God sent his son. And because he sent his son, he understands. You talking about you had pains? Those nails going through his wrist. It's pains that we can't, we can't even imagine or fathom. You, you're talking about abandonment. They left him, uh, so many left him until they looked at his disciples and asked them a question, are you two going away? I mean, you're talking about hurt, you're talking about injustice, you're talking about being spat on, ridiculed, death threats, and even they, they crucified him on the cross. None of us in here have gone through that kind of experience. We have a, so when you go through your issues... You can talk to God, and, and God lovingly, compassionately understands where you are because Jesus has been there in every way possible, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Number nine, without the virgin birth, man could not be reconciled back to God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22 Uh, Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 22. Without the virgin birth, man could not be reconciled back to God. That's why God sent Jesus Christ. He reconciled, He provided a way for reconciliation to come. He provided reconciliation to reconcile man back to God, to bring man back into right relationship, right standing with God. We who were at enmity and estranged from God were reconciled back to God through the blood of His cross. And, 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 and this same Jesus who reconciled man back to God is able to reconcile the broken relationships in your life. And I know I'm talking to somebody this morning. You know someone that you are not in good relationship with. Perhaps it's a child. Perhaps it's a mother or father, a sister or brother, an uncle or aunt, a in-law, a, a friend, a, a member of the church, a co-worker. And God is requiring you to get it right. And uh, he, the same God who reconciles you to God is able to reconcile that relationship if you give it to Jesus. You say, well, you don't know what they did to me. God does know what you've gone through. Yeah. He does. And you have to demonstrate spiritual maturity and spiritual, uh, and spiritual uh, sensitivity to take the initiative to do the right thing. You say, what if they don't accept it? then release that to God. But you make sure you do right, and God will bless your heart for doing the right thing. You're not, listen, you're not responsible for how they respond. Huh? No, 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 no. You are responsible for doing the right thing according to the word of God, the spirit, spirit of God, to the glory of God. You do what's right, and then leave the results to God. And don't expect to see results right now. Amen. You didn't get fixed right now. <laughs> Amen. It, it took a while for God to work on you. <laughs> and you got to be patient. And you know what? We still have to say, be patient with me because what? God is not what? Through with me? Oh, I don't want God to get through with me. <laughs> oh, no. Now, all of that was reviewed. Let's commence with new insights for today. Y'all hanging with me? What should be our response to the Incarnation? This is how we're going to conclude the message, the series. What should be our response? I thank God for the, how many of you thank God for the virgin birth? We've been preaching now, this is the third third Sunday, the incarnation. What should be our response as believers to the incarnation? Number one, God must first be in you before he is with you. That's right. Now, some folks saying God is with, with me, but listen, that's just talk. If he's not in you, he's not with you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says to them, God will wield to make known what what are the riches of the glory of the mysteries among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. I love that. That latter part, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you have Christ in you, you have hope in you. You have glory in you. He is a down payment, a guarantee that you are saved and you will inherit greater things to come because of Christ, who is your blessed hope. That's right. You, you, you need not be suicidal. Yeah, that's right. Because you have Christ in you. And if you look to Christ, who lives in you, and if you allow him to rule and reign in your life, he will, he will, he will cause hope to surge in you in ways that you could have never imagined. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, fellowship with him, and he with me. Now, sometimes God breaks the door down of your heart like he did Saul and a few others. But, but for the most part, God is a gentleman. He stands at the door and he knocks. Today, he's knocking through this message. And at the end of this message, you'll have to have enough God in you, receive uh, uh, receive God, a uh, uh, crowd for God, that you would open up the doors of your heart and allow this Jesus who's knocking to come into your life. You have to open the door and say, Lord, I let you in. I surrender to you, my one and only savior. I made a mess of my life. I have, I'm in a pits right now and I need you to rescue me from my selfishness and my sinfulness and my, and my, and my ugliness and save me by your shed blood. And God will come into your heart if you open the door of your heart and let him in and he will fix you like only he can fix you. Drugs can't fix you, alcohol can't fix you, your mama can't fix you. If your mama could fix you, you'd be fixed by now. If your preacher could fix you, I sure would have fixed you by, by now. But the fact of the matter is, none of us can fix you. Only person that can fix you is Dr. Jesus. Oh, almighty. You've got to open the door of your heart, and you must let him in. Number two. What should be our response to the incarnation? We should respond by anchoring our faith in Emmanuel and trust the words of God and not the words of men, which will enable us to weather the storms of life. We should anchor our faith. Don't you anchor your faith in pop stars. They die. They, 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 they're not a perfect example, you know. Don't anchor your your faith in celebrities. Don't anchor your faith in money or yourself or prestige. Don't anchor yourself in good looks if you think you look handsome or pretty. Oh, that's that's a fading glory. Pretty soon you're going to be wrinkled. Amen. You're going to increase in size. Your hair will come out. It will turn gray if you don't dye it. Uh, add to it. We should anchor our faith in Emmanuel and trust the words of God. Say, trust the words of God. Say that. Trust God. Say, trust the, trust the word of God and not the words of men. When you trust the words of God, anchoring your your hope and your faith in Emmanuel, he will help you. He will enable you to weather any storm that intrudes into your life. That's right. Now, some storms we create ourselves because we're rebellious. We don't want any counsel. We don't want to hear anybody. We think we know what we're doing. And God just say, okay, you know what you're doing? I just let you make a fool out of yourself. And you, like the prodigal son, will have to come to your senses and cry for God's mercy and go back and make it right. I love what Luke one thirty-seven says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, not, not with man, but with whom? God. And oh, how many of you would be so better off had you not believed the words of men over the words of God. You believe some lovey dubby man and you were left high and dry. That's right, that's right. The world is full of lies. You believe some lovey dubby woman, Her, her cuteness can't keep you. That's right, that's right. Words of men, words of women, words of people You got to believe the words of God. God won't let you down. You got to hold on to this book. You run up a cell phone bill, but I guarantee you you talk all day with God, there's no bill. (laughs) No bill. No taxes. No cutoffs. No cutoffs. No cutoffs. Some of y'all need to get out of debt by, by cutting off that cell phone. Talking to folk. That's going to leave you with blasted hopes and shattered dreams. Number three, I'll leave that alone. That's enough of that. Number three, the incarnation of the Son of God, which is the act of clothing in human flesh, and he subjected himself to his own creation, is the greatest expression of the Father's love and also the greatest expression of obedience and humility by the Lord. The greatest expression of love is seen in God sending his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, sent him to be born to die. And then Jesus Christ comes in obedience to the heavenly father's will and he obeyed from his birth all the way to his death. Absolute obedience to Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Everybody with a Bible, you find that. This is called the Kenosis passage. It is a critical passage as it relates to the incarnation. Uh, it's just, it's profound. If you can't find it, look at the table of content and get there as fast as you can. Uh, if, uh Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Y'all hanging with me? We're talking about how to respond to the gift of the virgin birth or the incarnation. It says in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. God, I don't want to leave you. I'm going to stay up here and enjoy this glory with you, God. No, he didn't think like that. (laughs) He humbled himself. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became what? Obedient. Underline that. Humble and obedient. To the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Wow. Jesus Christ humbled himself. He left the majesty, the glory, the splendor, the sinlessness of heaven, perfect fellowship and relationship with, with, with the Father. And he left it all and became a man, subjected himself to his own creation. He who made the world submitted to his own creation and allowed the hands of his own creation in those devilish men to crucify him on yonder's cross. Number four, one who is genuinely born again will abide in Christ, put away his evil ways, and learn to do good. I reiterate, one who is genuinely born again. Say born again. again. That's a word you don't hear too often. When's the last time you asked them, ask them one, uh, have you been born again? One who is genuinely born again will abide in Christ, put away his evil or her evil ways, and learn to do good. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, 8. Once you a lot of folks say I'm saved, but you don't see any signs of salvation. Your faith ought not just be a sad faith, it ought to be a lived faith. Isaiah 1, 16, 17 says, wash yourselves. Make yourself clean. I believe there's some dirty folk in here somewhere. Some folk been sleeping around with folk you're not married to. You need to wash yourself. Somebody been gambling with the Lord's money. You need to wash yourself. huh? Somebody been cussing. You need to wash your mouth. Somebody been looking at the wrong stuff on television. You need to wash your eyes. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.